0: Hey, y'all. This is the Flip Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby. It's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey. It's about
1: inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hello and welcome, everyone, to the Flip Flop Experience. I'm Marla Watson, your co-host, along with my co-host, the adventurous herself, Miss Leah Thrapp. Hey, Leah. What's up? Hey, Marla. I am excited. Today is going to be a great show. We're going to talk about our favorite place on Earth.
0: Yes, my favorite happy place, Italy and the foods that
1: you can eat there. You made it my happy place as well. That's one of the most amazing places on the face of the earth. And we're very lucky. We have a mutual good friend and colleague that is joining us today. You want to share with everyone who's in the studio with us?
0: Yes, we want to welcome Ginny McGee. She's one of my besties. And she went with me on one of my most recent trips to Italy. She was a huge help with my marketing and video. And it was always good to have Aunt Ninny along for the ride. My kids love their Aunt Ninny, so we enjoyed having her. And she eats gluten-free, so she's going to share her experiences with eating gluten-free in Italy. Welcome.
2: Thank you. It was, first of all, a blast. And secondly, I think I came back about 25 pounds heavier. I had so many delicious gluten-free options while I was there. It was really fun.
0: I was really happy to have you there to experience it firsthand and also to document it, because I told you before you came, that's something I hear a lot from people is, oh, I can't go to Italy. I have to eat gluten-free. There won't be anything for me to eat there. And I always tell people, oh, you'd be surprised. You can eat a lot there. So,
2: Yeah, I was joking with you before we started recording that, honestly, during the whole process, the whole trip, the worst experience I had trying to find something to eat was in the United States airport.
0: (laughs) You're definitely better off in Italy
1: after Yeah,
2: I really was. I really had a a lot easier time finding delicious gluten-free
1: options. Because they don't put all the processed crap that the U.S. puts into it as well, I'm sure.
0: And I think the Italians take it seriously, Mm -hmm. and they also don't do it halfway. So they don't just give you, like, a crappy packaged roll and be like, this might be terrible, but it's all you get. Yeah, I
2: noticed that. I think because in their culture, they put so much love and care into their food. It's an expression of their culture, an expression of their feeling. It's very emotive for them, that even when they offer you something gluten-free, it's not half-ass. Like here in the US, it's like like if you go to certain restaurants, that's my personal complaint, which is they'll be like, oh yeah, we have a gluten-free menu, and then they hand you a menu, and it's just their regular menu, minus, like, you can have a hamburger without a bun. And I'm like, well, then that's a fancy meatloaf. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, My favorite, I went to one restaurant and they had a chicken Caesar pasta salad. And they were like, you can have the chicken Caesar pasta salad without the pasta or the croutons. And I'm like, so I can have lettuce and chicken? I can have a
1: chicken salad. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: that's not really an entire thing. Like, you didn't really put a lot of thought into that. Right. So, afterthought for sure. Yes, a lot of times, not everywhere, but a lot of times here it's an afterthought. And there, it felt like when you ordered, first of all, nobody ever rolled their eyes at me when Mm -hmm. I said I couldn't eat gluten, which happens here all the time. And secondly, they didn't bring you anything that felt like they didn't put their effort into it. Which was nice.
0: Yeah, I definitely felt like there was times that they said you just can't have any of the pastas. Mm -hmm. And a lot of places might have just given you really gross pasta that Mm -hmm. was like some packaged gluten-free not good pasta. But I felt like their attitude was if it's not going to be good gluten-free pasta, we're just not going to do pasta. And you can have risotto or whatever else they were offering. I
2: think that's very true. That was definitely my experience in a lot of places. You know, you would occasionally get like a packaged roll or something. But it came with so many other delicious things that it just wasn't even – I just didn't bother with it. But overall, the dining experience was incredible. Love it.
1: There's something about going to Italy that changes you. And I know that it changed you. It was
2: really an incredible experience. Beyond the food, obviously, I enjoy
1: history. So I I
2: really liked that part of it. But also just, it is amazing how you can go there and think, it can't possibly live up to all the hype and everything that you've ever seen on TV. And then it's not only that, but it's even more beautiful in person. It's one of those things where you're not disappointed Yeah. And it was nice that that extended into the food for someone who struggles. I'm not going to lie. I was worried about it. I packed a ridiculous amount of protein bars because I was like, I'll just always have a protein bar with me and I can just eat these if nothing else.
0: Yeah. She totally thought she was going to eat protein bars for like two meals a day. Yeah.
2: And then I ended up feeding most of those protein bars to
0: Leah's kids. (laughs) Yeah. My kids were all about it on (laughs) snack times. But
2: you have good protein bars. I do. Because I eat them quite a bit. I only eat ones that taste good. And I had a s'mores protein bar that was a big hit with Jelly Bean.
1: Yes. Okay. So first meal, what was the first meal like? The
2: first meal, it was late at night because I had gotten in a little bit before everybody. So we went to a little place around the corner that they think the concierge recommended. Mm -hmm. And I had- In Rome. In Rome. Yes. We were in Rome at that point. And I had an incredible risotto. All I remember was that it was shrimp, and it was risotto, and it was delicious.
0: Yes, then <laughs> and then I were...
2: devoured it because I was starving.
0: Because I was super jet lagged.
2: Yeah, I was super jet lagged, and I'd gotten there before everybody, and I had walked all through. There's this beautiful park in Rome. I can't think of the name of
0: Borghese it. Borghese Gardens. Yeah,
2: the Borghese Gardens. I had walked by myself all afternoon through the Borghese Gardens, so I had worked up quite the appetite, but I didn't want to eat before everybody got there. So I was like holding off, and then when I sat down, I was like, give me all the
0: food. Plus, well, you said <laughs> you looked at a couple of menus and you couldn't tell what gluten-free options were. Yes, I had gone, gone to no like, Italian I had thought
2: food. about snacking and I went to a couple different places and I couldn't tell what was gluten-free and what was not. Leah specializes in taking you to sort of authentic areas and it wasn't super touristy, mm-hmm. so the menus didn't necessarily have English on them, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait. Until Which is exit.
0: generally a good sign for a restaurant yes, in Italy. Yes, it
2: is, and so I had already gone to the Spanish Steps, I had already gone to the Borghese Gardens, I had been trying to work my way around to the Trevi Fountain, but I got lost in the Borghese Gardens and gave up, yeah. so I had walked quite a bit and worked myself into a pretty big Appetite for the evening, so it was delicious. I just remember eating all of it and then promptly passing out in bed from a starch
1: coma. Probably. Well, first we went to
0: the Trevi Fountain at night and had the rare opportunity to take pictures with no people in it. Yes, because oh this gosh. was right I did after. Not get
1: to go to Rome. I really am mm. so yeah excited that y'all got to go and to hear about it. But I'm also a little bit jealous going I wanted to go to Rome. Next time you can find Rome. I will find. You Rome. know. I really, really enjoyed
2: the Borghese Gardens when I did that before you got there. I thought that was really fun and really just it was pretty. It reminded me of like Rome's Central Park, too. Mm -hmm. And it was very empty.
0: Yeah. We were there right before, you know, the tourism was just reopening from US to Europe. And so we were just in this little sweet spot where the restaurants and the museums and everything were back to being open, but the crowds hadn't returned. So it was just a really cool, magical experience to be in Rome. And after dinner, we wandered over to the Trevi and the Spanish Steps and got pictures with no one else in it, which is just, if you see other people's pictures of the Trevi or the Spanish Steps, you'll know there's usually a the sea of humanity mm-hmm. in these pictures. So it was really fun to be able to sneak over there at night and take those pics real quick. Yes.
1: Okay. So, as y'all move through the foodie part of the world, how is it to communicate with someone I'm gluten-free if there's a little bit of a language barrier? How did you how did you get through that?
2: Well, very quickly I learned that sans gluten means mm-hmm. no gluten so yep. very quickly I just was able to sort of point at the menu and, and it helped to have Leah there because she would communicate it on her behalf and she was also sort of telling everyone like hey this is what this means this is mm-hmm. what this is but if I wasn't able to communicate it to them she would do it for me which is the benefit of having someone like her on your trip but I learned quickly that sans gluten means it doesn't have gluten in it s-a-n-s maybe I'm saying no, wrong. that's correct
0: sans gluten. So yeah. she figured that out and a lot of times it was already marked on yeah. the menu. You didn't always have to ask. It was mm-hmm. usually clearly marked on there ahead of time so she would know what she could eat and what she would, she couldn't from the time she sat down and she didn't have to make a big production of it mm-hmm. or a whole separate so thing. So it really so. was
1: marked. And yes. I, and the reason I say that is I didn't notice on the menu because I'm not mm-hmm. I don't have a gluten challenge. It wasn't necessarily
2: always marked on each dish mm-hmm. but there was almost like a notation at the bottom yeah.
0: a lot of times. It would have a little okay. code so it would mm-hmm. be like a little picture of wheat or something mm-hmm. next to the at the very end of the name of the menu lines, so you would know like these are things you can or can't eat like if you can't have gluten, you can't eat these are eggs. they would usually label like dairy eggs, gluten um, there were several things on that yeah, are they pre-labeled. were definitely
2: sensitive to far more allergies than just gluten because it was typically or they would have vegetarian mm-hmm. too. yeah
0: vegetarian and vegan a lot I of members that mm-hmm.
2: yeah some restaurants here do that too obviously mm-hmm. ones that I prefer
0: so tell us what you did eat. We talked about how you avoided gluten, but what did you end up eating and what surprised you?
2: Well, firstly, just the sheer amount of delicious, amazing gluten-free pasta was obviously surprising. Like, I just thought I wasn't going to get to indulge in the pasta that I was going to end up eating, like, a lot of risotto and salads, because that's what happens here. So just the fact that almost everyone had some kind of delicious gluten-free pasta dish available, and I ate the best pizza I've ever had that's gluten-free. Like, Mm -hmm. it was incredible. Like, I sometimes dream about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those pizzas that's like, I would like very much to go back there now and eat this pizza. Mm -hmm. You know, gluten-free pizza is very hit or miss.
0: It leaves much to be desired. It often often is miss. I would
2: say like 95% of the time, gluten-free pizza is a miss. I joke with my daughter because she likes to go to a restaurant here that has an amazing regular crust. Mm -hmm. And they have a mushroom pizza that I love. And their gluten-free crust is disgusting. But I don't care because the toppings are so good. And so she'll be like, do you want to go to Mellow Mushroom? And I'm like, they might as well just put the toppings on cardboard and I'd still eat it. Because that's basically (laughs) what it tastes like. But... There, it was like real pizza. I mean, you couldn't tell the difference hardly. Yeah. I mean, it helped that it was covered in truffles too, but. <laughs>
0: right, it was a truffle pizza. But, but I did taste all of Ginny's gluten-free foods because I was super interested to see what kind of experience my clients would have by doing this. And so most of the time I would taste it and think, if you didn't tell me, it wouldn't even enter my mind. Like, is this different? What did they do to this? You know, I would just think, oh, pizza, oh, pasta. Like, I wasn't noticeable. What, what did
1: they do different, if you don't mind sharing, or do you know? I don't
2: know. I didn't get to find out what their gluten-free pastas were made it's out of.
0: Definitely, whatever they were doing, they were paying attention to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Because, like she said, like a lot of the pizzas here, they are gluten free. Do taste like cardboard? Like they're papery. and they have no chew. They're yeah.
2: all crackery. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they
0: don't. Yeah, they don't have that chew There's and no they don't Have a nice texture or puffiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so having that, and then the pastas can be really chalky here mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yes. And there, they weren't chalky.
2: I think I can identify the difference in the pasta because there's one pasta brand here that I buy in the store that tastes like real pasta. The brand is called Jovial for those gluten-free people who want to try it. It's not a chickpea. It's not a. It's just made with rice flour, and I think based on my experience with pastas here, like at home. And the pastas there, they're using some kind of alternative flour. They're not doing this thing that people here want to do, which is like, try these beans, like make it out of garbanzo beans, make it out or of edamame. chickpeas. Or, it's not made out of beans. It's just made out of a different kind of flour. And they're somehow able to replicate the right texture. What magic they worked on that pizza, I don't know, but it had full on air pocket bubbles in it, which you'd never see in a gluten. Even the good gluten free pizzas that I've had, right. they,
0: don't have the they air never
2: bubbles. have the air bubbles and the chewiness that you are looking for. So they worked some kind of magic on that pizza. And it was incredible. So you had pasta and you had pizza. I had pasta. I had pizza. I got to eat a lot of dessert, which was surprising. Gelato is not necessarily (laughs) surprising because anytime you go with Leah anywhere, if there's gelato available, we're going to eat it. Because yes. Leah is the queen of
0: gelato. Although she Hashtag did tag gelato snob.
2: Yes. Also, she did teach me how to identify good gelato versus bad gelato, just visually, which yes. was helpful. Yes. Do you want to explain so You don't it?
0: have to waste your calories on the not good gelato, just don't bother. If you see gelato stacked up and it looks really pretty and swirly and piled up. That's super visually appealing and you think, ooh, I want to try that. But don't try it. It's a mistake. It's not real gelato. Real gelato is really creamy and not um, firm. Mm -hmm. And so it can't be stacked up. It would fall over and it would like melt and sink. So if you see fluffed up, stacked up gelato, just That's keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep it, going. It, the texture won't be the same. It won't be so melty airy. and smooth and mm-hmm. just disappear in your mouth the way a good gelato does. So,
1: And there is one gelato shop that you love. I do love it. Mm-hmm. And Jenny loves. And I love. Everyone who's been there loves
0: it. If you've been there, you know. I mean, there's nothing not to love. So oh, we guys got to take a
2: class. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to take the gelato making class, which was super fun. So fun. First of all, the gentleman who, makes, who teaches the gelato Sergio. class. Sergio. Sergio is a character. like He's hilarious. He, he could be like a cartoon character in real life. He's hilarious. But my favorite part of that whole story, I want to tell this part because yeah. I just could not stop laughing. And Leah's kids were there.
0: Jameson is nine. <laughs> yeah. Jameson is nine. He did try to couch it and coat it a little.
2: A little. And thankfully, I don't think Jameson was super engaged. Mm-hmm. So he might not have noticed. He was
0: measuring with the scales when yes. yeah, yeah. he was busy.
2: So he was telling us all about how he has his own cows and he does his own, he gets his own milk from his This
0: is the secret his, to gelato. His own cows.
2: Yeah, secret to gelato. And he doesn't artificially inseminate his cows. He has the bulls <laughs> inseminate his cows. And he's like, if the bull is a happy, the cow is a happy. If the cow is a happy, the milk is a happy. And if the milk is happy, the you gelato. He's happy.
0: Well, and he said, you know, whenever these cows are artificially inseminated, they don't know what happened to them. Yeah, what, what happened to me? What? Why to am I having a baby cow? This can't be happy milk. Immaculate she conception know. For right. a cow. Yes. She's like that won't. She won't make good milk. She won't be a happy mom. Well, she, yeah, because so she doesn't know. That if she knows pregnant. what happened to her, then she'll have good happy milk, and that makes good gelato.
2: Yeah, I mean. To be fair, it was a really
0: long story too. It really was. Just for the record, it was like a twenty-minute explanation, great detail yeah. of how the whole thing works. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: And uh, you know, with Leah's kids sitting there, and I am not known for my ability to contain my inappropriate laughter, so I'm just sitting there, like really hard trying. Not and to... he was
0: very serious about it. He was not he was. joking. He was
2: not joking. He had slides. Yes. He had a presentation. Had slides. they were on the
0: TV above the cooking kitchen. Yeah. It was all yes. the happy cows.
2: He was like, I take my cows' sex life very seriously.
0: Yeah it was good to know but you know what
1: you couldn't really argue with them because it really, gelato crazy. really is way
0: better than everybody else's wow. gelato
1: so there's the philosophy of ice cream being a good after some yeah. <laughs> so there know. you go <laughs> um,
2: but the other part that made me laugh was his dancing yes so when you're when you're assisting in the making of the gelato Because
0: everyone has to participate yeah,
2: you you participate you go up there you do your part so he would call us up in pairs of two and I'm Aunt Annie to Jameson and he's nine and he is in that stage of everything is embarrassing.
0: He gets like secondhand embarrassment from the adults. Like yeah. when you do something embarrassing, yes. he feels like sad for your, <laughs> your But what situation. he doesn't <laughs> understand
2: is I love being embarrassing and I have no qualms about embarrassing. I, first of all, I take it as a hobby to embarrass my own children. And so him as my nephew, I'm totally down to... Embarrass him too, so he was mortified that I participated in the da- like. Sergio was trying to get me to dance and yeah. trying to get Jameson to dance, and Jameson was not having it. And I was yeah, like, "You I'm... had to
0: like sway your hips as yeah, the ma- it was yeah. coming out of the machine, and you cut it with a spatula and you scooped it into the pan." Mm-hmm. And the rule was that you had to sway your hips with every time you had to like move. <laughs> and he was trying to get James to do it. He was having none of it.
2: Yeah, he was not having it. But yeah,
0: all the adults were doing it, and he yeah. was just so embarrassed for all of us. He was yeah. mortified yes. for all. Yeah, he was. Like, oh. You guys should be so embarrassed. he was right like, now. you
2: guys, you guys really.
0: But we never stopped laughing. I mean, no. the class was hilarious. It, it was, was super fun.
2: It was. And I think it was on the last day, too. Right? Yeah, it was. So that was a fun way to end it. But yes, I got to eat a lot of dessert. We went to a food hall in Florence. And that the
0: Mercado Centrale.
2: Yes. I love that place. Um, too. And that was really fun. One, because I had delicious roasted chicken that I didn't know was an option. You sort of think of it like a food court. And there's no food court in the United States where you can get just an amazing roasted chicken meal.
0: Everything you get in that place from their food court choices are all super fresh, super
1: mm-hmm. delicious,
0: super authentic.
1: Well, well, that's where I discovered they had Italy there. So we need to go to Italy because then you could have that roasted chicken. It's like a market.
2: Well, the thing that I had there that, that I have not had anything like it's the closest thing I've had here is like a mackerel ice cream sandwich, but Mm, um, this was a cookie ice cream sandwich, which if you know me, cookie cake and cookie ice cream sandwiches, that's my weakness. I love them. And they had a cookie ice cream sandwich and it was like a snickerdoodle cookie with some kind of delicious, I don't know. Gluten free. Yeah. All gluten free and amazing. I have a picture of me somewhere. I'll share it with you later, but it's like I took a bite out of it and made it into a smile and put it up against Like that's how happy I was. Like this, (laughs) this cookie is my smile right now because it was so freaking good.
1: Well, you just mentioned the good time to tell everybody we will put up on Leah's Facebook page and the Wicked Apple page and probably Jenny's you know she'll put it up as well but it, yeah. any kind of pictures that reference everything that we're talking about you will see on the Facebook page.
0: It'll make you hungry and ready to go to Italy.
1: Which you can you can book it with Leah. I would say
2: it's really hard to pick favorites but we went to I call it a farm but you call it a
0: Agroturismo, agro-turismo.
2: Yes, an agro-turismo. Mm. And they cooked dinner for us every evening. Like
0: eight or ten it's courses every It's like an eight-course
2: meal every night, custom, with a menu mm. when you sit down. Super fancy. Actually, that's not true. It's family it's a, style. It's, it's not super... The meal is not super fancy, but it, the meal itself is fancy. The experience. But it's very casual. Yeah. Like, I wore my sweatshirt. And
0: there. the food isn't fancy food. It's all pretty, like, rustic, mm-hmm. but it's just made with love and super hyper-local ingredients. So. Yes.
2: Fancy is the wrong word, but like really
1: well crafted. Anyway, elaborate. Elaborate.
2: Oh. I don't know. Delicious. Freaking amazing.
1: That's, I that's it. I wouldn't even call it elaborate. I would call it effortless. What they put out to us would seem elaborate. Mm-hmm. So but to them, it's effortless.
2: On this particular trip, there was actually another person who I don't think that she had to eat gluten free. She preferred to eat gluten free. So she was asking for gluten free items as well. But the first night, she was just really exhausted, so she didn't come to dinner. Mm -hmm. And they had made for the appetizer a separate gluten-free fried vegetables with, like, a tempura fried vegetable. Well, first of all, as a gluten-free person, you don't get much fried food in general, which, I mean, I could stand to lay off all kinds of foods, especially fried ones. But there was something magical about these fried vegetables. They were the best thing I had eaten in years And I ate all of her fried vegetables. Like, they had made her a portion and made me a portion. I ate all of our fried (laughs) vegetables. I ate hers and mine because she didn't come to dinner. And then I was sad that there weren't more.
0: And sadly, it was the beginning of your meal. Yeah,
2: and it was the first thing I ate. And I'm like, nothing else will live up to it. It was all amazing. But (laughs) the first night at the farm, the fried vegetables blew me away. So Leah made sure... On the last night that they made fried vegetables again, one, so that the other gluten-free lady would get to try some because I ate hers, (laughs) and two, so that I could have them again. That was one of the things I'll never forget. You know, there's a few, like that pizza was incredible. Mm -hmm. Those fried vegetables were incredible. My
1: cookie ice cream sandwich was incredible. I mean, there's just some food there that you're never going to. I might have stopped paying attention and started looking at my Italy pictures at the farm because I'm hungry now.
0: Yeah. When we At the dinners at the farm, it was tons of food, 8 to 10 courses. They're also served with wine pairings. Yes. So all hyperlocal wines that were grown there on the farm and made on the farm. And Jenny's also not a big wine drinker. So that's that another question. That has
2: nothing to do with my diet. I just think it tastes bad. Yeah. I've never liked it. I've never been a wine or a beer drinker. I didn't get that
0: gene. Yes, yeah, so that's another thing people say, like, oh, I think your tour sounds fun, but I don't really drink wine. And so, you know, will I have fun? Will there be things for me to drink there? So, Jenny, what did you enjoy drinking or did you miss out on drinking fun drinks when you're in Italy?
2: No. First of all, I drink a lot of water and Coke Zero. I also despise, what is the, It's not mineral water, what is the?
1: Oh, the sparkling water. Yeah. You prefer still.
2: It's not that I prefer it. There is something in that. Sparkling water that I don't know what it is, but I literally, it's almost, I'd rather drink wine and I really don't like wine. Like, that's (laughs) how bad I don't like that. Well, the
0: the good news is that the water. Is more expensive than wine. So if you'd prefer the wine, you're coming out better. <laughs> no.
2: I drank water when I, you know, on the days that we were busy, or I, if we would stop some sometimes I'd get a Coke Zero. But then when it was time for cocktails, there was always a delicious cocktail available. But I also discovered a huge love of limoncello and then grappa, which makes sense with my southern roots because I'm pretty sure it's just Italian moonshine. <laughs> I would um, agree. <laughs> it's just Italian moonshine. So I discovered the love of that. Actually, John. Uh, he works at our company here, and he's well versed in beverages. brought brought me some little tiny grappa bottles because he oh. thought it was funny that I he it's the bane of his existence that I don't like wine, <laughs> but he was at least glad I liked grappa.
0: We joked on that trip; we needed to get t shirts that said. Did someone say limoncello? Right. Because there was a couple of people on the tour that every time anybody said anything, they'd perk their heads up and say, did someone say limoncello? Yes. Everybody was waiting. Is it time for limoncello? One of the ladies
2: in particular. And after we got home, I actually went somewhere where they were serving a limoncello martini here in the States. And Mm -hmm. I texted directly to her. And I was like, "Um, you need to meet me here for drinks. Limoncello, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I discovered a huge love of limoncello. I like grappa. Also, there was some champagne served, or I don't know if they. Prosecco. Uh, yeah, Prosecco, but one on our friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. We had a friend on the trip who had a birthday. Spumante. Yes. Yeah. It was Spumante. It was mm-hmm. Spumante in it. That I really liked.
0: Yeah, that one was really good. Mm-hmm. That one they often serve at celebrations at the farm, and it is really, really yummy. Yeah. I looked, I can't find it here.
2: Mm, that makes me sad. It's delicious. But yeah, I really enjoyed all of that. The other thing that I thought was interesting, you know, because we, we ate breakfast at the farm, which, let me tell you, that was a huge adjustment coming home. At the farm, there was a little lady there who made you whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a sad
0: adjustment. So,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. when I got home, first of all, there was no lady to make me breakfast. And then secondly, my kids looked at me like, no, you're the lady that makes the breakfast.
0: I'm like... (laughs) So it's a rude awakening. It is.
2: It's like, not only is there no one to make me breakfast, I have to make breakfast for other people. This sucks. But in the hotels, because before we got to the farm, we stayed at several different hotels. They had like the kind of, I would say a continental breakfast, but their continental breakfast is much nicer than what you think of as a continental breakfast here in the U.S. Um, Even those folks had some really great gluten free options. Like I can't find it here because I've looked it up, but they're at every single one of those places, even the farm, actually. Mm -hmm. They had these two little pieces of bread that came in a package together. And I know what you mean. And they were gluten free. I took a picture of it to try to track it down here in the States, but I couldn't find it. And that bread was like real bread. Like it was good. And I ate toast, just toast with jam almost every breakfast because I just can't do that here. Like that's not a thing. So I would, you know, get my little package of bread at the hotels and pop it in the toaster and have that. And then there was always some other options to, you know, fruit and yogurt. And even at some of the hotels, you had told them in advance that mm-hmm. they had a guest that was gluten free. So they would have like a special little tray off to the side with me for options for me. I mean, I never once felt like I didn't get a big, delicious breakfast, even, in, even when they weren't custom making you a meal. Mm-hmm. There was always options. So that part was nice.
0: That is nice. I loved um, the partners, the companies that I partner with, the hotels that I partner with are always really thoughtful and um, take time for things like that and pay attention to those details, which I think is so important to creating those great memories and that pleasant feeling of being taken care of on your vacation.
1: It's not just that. It's there's something that when you know you can go to a place and you can be assured that they're going to take care of you no matter what your allergies, no matter what you do, you'll be in a good place. Yeah. For sure.
2: I would say one of the other places in the world that people are always talking about it's really easy to eat if you have food allergies is Disney World, which I've been to Disney World a couple of times. Really? Yeah. They they do a good job of it. But where Disney World lacks and where Italy wins is in snacks. At Disney World, you could definitely get a sit-down meal, and it's lovely, and it's definitely going to be gluten-free, and they take good care of you, but when it's time to, like, because you're walking so much, just like in Italy, at Disney World, mm-hmm. you walk crazy amounts. You want snacks, and the snacks are harder there. The snacks in Italy were really easy to come by, which was nice. What, what did you snack on? Well, first of all, gelato. Yeah. Because
0: Gelato is gluten-free. Yeah,
2: thankfully gelato is gluten-free. Um, there was a cinnamon gelato in Florence
0: that mm-hmm. was so good. That was really good. Yeah, that was delicious. It was so smooth and creamy.
2: It really was. I really liked that. It was That was my close second to the one in um, San Gimignano. Jinx. Close. (laughs) I know. I struggled really hard to say San Gimignano the whole time we were there. Like, it took me till the very end to get it.
1: I know that, too. Leah and I, the last day I finally said it correctly, (laughs) I was like, San Gimignano. She went, you did it. You said it.
2: But we also went to two wineries for wine tastings. And like I said, I don't really like wine. But those were still really fun. Yeah. Even though you, you went to this... To this winery, you're still learning about how they do it, which is really interesting. And they have all of these, like, they had the personal stories of how their family got into the winemaking business, which is really interesting to me. And then both wineries had incredible views. Yeah. And one winery had wolves.
0: They did. That was super cool. That was really, really cool. My kids still talk about those wolves.
2: They were pinned up, just to be clear. like they.
0: <laughs> but they were tame. Our like audio were, engineer
2: is looking at me like, uh.
0: <laughs> they were tame, though. They were like pets. Yeah. And like they were running up and down the fence waiting for their owner to get back mm-hmm. and take them for a walk. She Ooh. takes them for a walk every day. So I don't know if you lived in her neighborhood and just moved there or something, you might be really concerned to come around the corner and see this lady walking two huge wolves mm-hmm. on a leash. They're super sweet. Mm-hmm. I think the wineries are really fun, even though I'm not a huge wine drinker either. I love the care and love and um, the heritage that goes to mm-hmm. the stories of these people who've been doing this for generations on the same land with these grapevines that their grandparents planted or whatever. You know, It's really cool to hear these stories and, and the pride that they take to create really good wine and to share it with the world. So I, I still enjoy that a lot.
2: Yeah, I think that the botany part is mm-hmm. really interesting and in how they get certain things from certain grapes. And why certain flavors come through. Even though I don't like it, it's still really interesting to learn. And then also just the family history part really speaks to me. I just love those
0: stories. Well, and the end of the process does result in your delicious grappa, so.
2: Yes, well, and there were always snacks, too. Like, that's the thing. They gave you wine, which I take, to be fair... Even though I don't like wine, I tasted every single one of them just to make sure because everyone's always trying to convince me mm-hmm. that I just haven't yet tried the right wine. So I'm like, I'm going to try it because I'm not afraid to try things. And every time I try it, and it still tastes like dirt and flowers to me. So sorry, dirt and guys. <laughs> it's
0: just, it's <laughs> earthy. Earthy. That's well, hilarious. Apparently,
1: I'm not earthy. <laughs> well, I like to think of it I'm as I'm heavenly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what you like, and it's not below you, and it's not above you.
0: It's right there with you. So we won't call her down to earth either. <laughs> I mean,
1: it depends on the day. <laughs> Let's go to Italy. Y'all okay. want to do that one day? I still haven't
0: been to Italy in Texas.
2: I actually went to New York right after I got home from Italy. I Literally, I never go anywhere. And I just so <laughs> happened to have a trip to Italy, and then three days home, and then a trip to New York. It was a fluke. Otherwise, you can find me... At my house, I went to Italy while I was in New York just because I was like, I want some gelato. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. And okay. you know what? In New York, I actually, again, I had a harder time eating gluten free in New York mm-hmm. than I did in Italy. But the person I went with had taken great care to make sure that there were gluten free choices. He did lots of
1: research. Yeah, he did.
2: That's what good friends do. Yes.
1: Well, ladies, I think we've had a fantastic show today talking about gluten free, talking about Italy, and talking about food. I think Uh we need to go eat. (laughs) Yeah, I think we do need to go have some lunch. All right, ladies, let's do this. Without further ado, this has been the Flip Flop Experience. Leah, thanks for a great show.
0: Thanks. Happy adventuring. Thanks for being part of the Flip Flop Experience. Make sure to subscribe and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Flip Flops and Adventures. Stay tuned for a preview of our next
1: episode. If you don't have hail dents, then I would imagine they'd look at you like... Are you you... even a storm chaser? Yes.
0: That is so... Y'all nailed it because we feel the badge of honor. We feel like the worse the hail damage, the better. And (laughs) when we're in another place and there's storm chasers around, it's like us letting the other chasers know that we're legit. Like, hey, yeah, we've done this a time or two, you know? I don't want to call it like an animalistic nature. It's like the peacocks with their
1: feathers. And, you know, the brighter, the better. And the more
0: hail, the better. So... (laughs)
1: It's like a plume for you. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. It's a feather in your cap. Yes. Yes. Feather in your cap. That's perfect. That's That's actually perfect.